day 16. Karamatsu was despondent. Every day, sometimes even multiple times in the same day, Jushimatsu passed the covered window, calling Karamatsu's name as loudly as he could. Every day, Karamatsu's heart clenched painfully in his chest, as if noticing that the sound distressed him, or perhaps meaning to reward him for turning a deaf ear to the cries. Matsuri bought a small music player with earbuds and offered to load it with whatever Karamatsu wanted to listen to. It had taken a bit of acting, but he'd eventually managed to convince Matsuri that he was genuinely a fan of Nia Hashimoto's music and that his request wasn't simply because it reminded him of Churomatsu. Of course, while he didn't particularly dislike Nia-chan's work, the latter was far, far more true. He couldn't hear more than a few words of the lyrics without imagining his brother chanting and cheering along with them. It wasn't much as far as comfort went, but it did remind him just a little bit of home. Reminders of home, of his family, and even of the outside world in general, were few and far between, just as Matsuri no doubt wanted. But if Karamatsu pulled his hood up over his head, closed his eyes, and let himself tosser just on the edge of sleep, his brother's voices would fill his imagination with the same laughter and chatter he'd listened to for the whole of his life. It was far away, incoherent, and melted like candy floss the instant his mind made a choice between waking and sleeping, but it was something. It was far better than the crushing loneliness of an empty room and a bed made for one. The only way Karamatsu knew to keep himself afloat in that hellish mire of misery was through sleep. Day and night meant nothing in that dim, windowless room, and so since he was constantly tired, he constantly slept. Not only did his unconsciousness essentially kill his ability to fret over his circumstances, but it also dramatically reduced the amount of time in which he had to endure Matsuri's company. Sometimes he would wake up to plastic-wrapped meals left on the bedside table, and sometimes there would be notes left to let him know that Matsuri had left the house or turned in for the night. He quickly learned that it was to his benefit to pretend to be asleep if he heard her footsteps in the hall. But for the last few days, Karamatsu was finding it increasingly difficult to sleep, and his one refuge slowly slipped away. It was at its worst in the middle of the night, or what he assumed to be the middle of the night, based on the timing and content of his meals, and he would lie helplessly awake, exhausted but too restless even to keep his eyes closed. The longer those sleepless hours dragged on, the worse they wore on his body, leaving him feeling sore and sick. Karamatsu suspected that it had everything to do with how little he was eating, given that the maladies usually diminished after he had breakfast, but even knowing that, it was quickly becoming more and more difficult to bring himself to eat in the mornings. Eventually the scale tipped, and the idea of forcing something into his stomach became less appealing than the prospect of temporary relief. Karamatsu was still buried in a mess of blankets when Matsuri returned to collect the tray she had left earlier in the morning, and the fact that none of the food had been touched didn't go unnoticed. Karamatsu-kun? She laid a hand softly on his arm. Are you feeling okay? You didn't eat anything. You even left the medicine. He drew his limbs further inward and gave no reply. We haven't been eating much at all lately. It's good that you're getting plenty of rest, but you need good nutrition in order to heal, too. Is there something in particular that you want to eat? He stubbornly ignored her. Shut up. Go away. Karamatsu felt something encroaching upon him, and when a hand touched his forehead, he reflexively snapped upright and smacked it away. Don't touch me! Get out! Leave me alone! Matsuri withdrew her hand, surprise in her features. Are you alright? Does your ankle hurt? She turned to the bedside table and reached for the blue tablet lying on the tray beside the ignored meal. It must be because you didn't take... I don't want it! Karamatsu interrupted, spitting the words. I don't want your damn painkiller! I don't want your shitty breakfast! I want you, he thrust a finger towards the doorway, to get out! If he'd slowed down to consider the situation, Karamatsu might have found the outburst a bit uncharacteristic. 
He knew better than to bother with trying to get through to her. Matsuri was so adept at shutting out the things she didn't want to hear that he only succeeded in frustrating himself. But Karamatsu wasn't thinking about complicated things like what was or wasn't characteristic of him, or rather, he couldn't think about it. His head was swimming, his vision was filling with spots, his body was cold with sweat, and his breath was ragged. Felt like he was going to be sick. No, he really was going to be sick. The realisation brought on a surge of panic, and Karamatsu flung aside the bedsheets and all that leapt from the mattress. In his haste to reach the bathroom, however, the injury to his foot completely evacuated his memory, and within the first three steps, he staggered, stumbled and fell, just managing to catch himself on his knees and left hand. He was faintly aware of Matsuri's voice, of her hand on his back. He attempted to gather himself and make another effort towards the bathroom, but his inside sadly missed the memo. Karamatsu lost everything that was inside him, which wasn't much, given it had already been well over twelve hours since the last time he'd eaten anything. He felt Matsuri's hand against his chest, gently pushing him backwards so that he was leaning against the side of the bed. He breathed in. He breathed out. He concentrated on the steady rise and fall of his chest and tried to ground himself. With his stomach empty, his mind cleared enough to resume thought processes, and the first concept he passed was... What the hell? This was far from the first time in his life he'd skipped a meal, and he'd never, never had such a visceral reaction to it. This felt almost as if he'd caught the flu, but how could he possibly have managed that when the only person he'd been around for two weeks was Matsuri? Oh, there was her voice again, fading slowly into his awareness as he regained the ability to focus on anything other than the unease of grieving his body. Karamatsu wondered how long she had been trying to talk to him. Karamatsukun, are you listening? A while, apparently. Whoa, he swallowed. What? I said, put this under your tongue. She held the blue tablet between her thumb and index fingers. It'll taste horrible, but you'll feel better in no time. Karamatsu blinked. He didn't know what a painkiller, of all things, was supposed to do for his current condition. But somehow, despite everything, he trusted Matsuri's words. Well, more accurately, he trusted that she at least wouldn't outright try to kill him, and so he accepted the medicine and placed it beneath his tongue as instructed. Matsuri stood and started towards the hallway, calling over her shoulder. I'm going to go get a bottle of water and some cleaning stuff. Let it completely dissolve, okay? Even though it tastes bad. It didn't really matter that it tasted bad. His whole mouth tasted awful anyway. Karamatsu closed his eyes and reclined his head against the mattress. It didn't feel like that long ago he'd decided there was no imaginable way for his situation to worsen. It seemed like every time he thought he'd reached the bottom, the floor collapsed beneath him and he started falling again. Just how deep could this shitty hole possibly go? No, forget I asked. I don't want to know. Matsuri returned in short order, and Karamatsu struggled against his instinct to offer to help her. Ordinarily, he would have felt unbearably guilty, but as far as he was concerned, cleaning up someone else's vomit was the absolute minimum of what she deserved. The next thing Karamatsu was distinctly aware of was her cool hand on his forehead, pushing his hair away from his face, and her voice asking, Are you feeling better? He considered the question for a moment and realised that, for some reason, he was. His nausea had subsided, leaving in its place that fluffy, fuzzy feeling he got so used to. He nodded his head slowly, and Matsuri smiled in relief. Oh, good. Here, can you stand? You should rest for a while. I'll bring you something to eat, too. With her assistance, Karamatsu climbed his feet and moved to the bed to lie down. He didn't know if he particularly wanted to eat, but the idea didn't turn his stomach the way it had all morning. He covered his eyes with his arm and listened to Matsuri's footsteps disappear into the hallway. He was feeling better, that much was true, but something uncomfortable squirmed ominously in the back of his head. The proxen sodium didn't relieve nausea, 